Hey, this is Daniel, and welcome to Bad Taste, my new podcast where I roll around in all the garbage I love. This is a new project for me. I'm really excited. I don't know what form it's going to take yet or how long it'll last. Hopefully longer than the seven months I spent on my 2013 blog where I wrote about books, TV, movies, a Montreal drag performance, but regardless, it's going to be fun, at least for me. Right now, I see this as a mixture of criticism, audio diary, and some more deeply produced pieces, but I figured I'd start out easy by talking about Selling Sunset on Netflix. Thanks to my favorite Chrome extension, Video Speed Controller, I zipped through all three seasons last weekend, bumping up each episode to 1.5 speed or more. My love letter to the Video Speed Controller is for another episode entirely, but let's just say that the standard reality TV sweet spot is 1.5x. Anyway... Selling Sunset follows a team of real estate agents working for the Oppenheim Group, a luxury real estate brokerage firm in Los Angeles, run by Jason and Brett Oppenheim, a pair of hot, short, bald twins. The series opens with the addition of a new woman to the team, Chriselle Staus, and the personal and professional drama that ensues. We don't do this often, as you know, but we are bringing another girl on to the brokerage. Really? Yeah. She's going to be here in a few minutes. I want you guys to be aware. Chriselle. Chriselle. She was at Chriselle. 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 With a K. Chriselle. <laughs> Chriselle. Chriselle. Yeah, I can tell how well this is going to go. <laughs> no, we're open, of course. I've heard really good things. She does uh, serious business. She's got a lot of clients. Her personality, you think she'll She's, get along yeah, with Yeah, I think everybody? she. I would not bring anybody yeah. on that I didn't think would, would, would gel. You like her. Even Christine might like her. Watching these women sell luxury homes for millions of dollars is exhilarating while I'm cooped up in my small New York apartment because it's such a lush habitat to be in. All these hydrated people in a sunny, expensive world that I don't even really want to live in, but it's exciting to move to for a moment. On the surface, it's the thinnest of confections, as substanceless as cotton candy. But if you're willing to think about it for a few minutes, there's actually a lot going on. When I started watching this series, I ended up describing it to a friend this way. Selling Sunset features a harem of marriage aspirants, all with varying levels of female entrepreneurial individualism, and feels like the free market ad absurdum conclusion of the themes of strong female characters threading through classics like Little Women and the works of Jane Austen. <laughs> and of course, that's a joke. But there's also some truth to it. Because to me, it seems that working in real estate is a particular vehicle in American society for class mobility. And so it's very interesting to watch all of these women from different backgrounds try to navigate the social dynamics of their rich clientele and the social dynamics of their less rich colleagues, while attaining a class mobility themselves as they make such large commissions on these multi-million dollar homes. And because they're women in LA, there's an additional level or mode of mobility because of the vehicle for celebrity that this could be. Over the course of the series, we see the wide array of social and economic goals these women have, even while working in the same office, and it offers a brief snapshot of female individualism in the 21st century. You take someone like Amanza, a single mother who joins the show in season two, and she's working to make her first commission so that she can support her family and be independent. But then you have somebody like Christine, one of the best characters this show has to offer, who has been working at the agency for years and seems to use real estate as her own matchmaking service. In the first season, she goes on a date with one client, and then as the second season opens, it appears she's engaged to another one. Well, how did they meet? Christine. What's his name? Oh, Christian. 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 Um, It was her client. Oh. Yeah. She was showing him properties. She even ends up having a stunning wedding in the third season featuring a black gown and actual snow, and her husband buys them the sort of house she's been selling and striving for her whole career. It seems like that was her goal. 
There's Mary, who resembles Lydia from Pride and Prejudice, desperate to get married, kind of reckless in her approach about it, and maybe not making the best financial decision for herself, because she's marrying a 25-year-old model who's very immature and seems to be bringing nothing of merit to the relationship. So while other women at the firm appear jealous that Jason, Mary's ex-boyfriend, seems to play favorites, sharing a disproportionate number of listings with her, it could easily be read as a sort of fatherly attempt to keep her financially stable, because her new husband is really nothing more than a pretty face. We can look at Heather, whose story is a unique kind of L.A. romance, a beautiful woman who isn't always the brightest bulb. Does anyone know why we have lines in our palms? I don't know. So they can move? Yeah. yeah, but there's other lines where they don't bend. Anything that bends has oh, a crease. She's dating HGTV star Tarek El Moussa, who had a very public divorce a few years ago when he split from his wife and co-star Christina. Leaving aside the HGTV of it all, which is for another episode when I rehash having spent what I once calculated was roughly 180 days of my life watching this channel thanks to a former job, Heather is having to manage the public attention of being a famous divorcee's new girlfriend and the tension it creates with her coworkers as she navigates the shifting priorities of her personal and professional obligations. Davina, who, for all that she's been wrongly painted as a villain in the third season, to me appears to be a Joe March type, whose main drive is the work. She's the one pursuing that $75 million listing, which of course it's overpriced, and of course she's insane for trying to sell that house at that price. That man doesn't know what the worth of his house is, and he needs to get over it, and she needs to get out. I have to try. Yeah, I hope Jason's on board. You know? And Hopefully. if he's not... If he pushes me against the wall and doesn't allow me the opportunity, then I might have to just do yeah. my own thing and, and we'll like take the listing. As a real estate agent, you have to be underneath a broker. It's required. But I have my broker's license, so in theory, I could go do my own thing and have my own company and not have to listen to anyone, including Jason. And while she doesn't end up striking out on her own, though she could, it's exciting to hear the professional encouragement she gets from Jason even after the listing fails to sell. Oh, you don't have to ever apologize. If anything, I feel like I'm too tough on you. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. The reason that I'm so tough on you is because, honestly, I have more potential than just about anyone I can think of. I appreciate I mean, that. So I just value your time tremendously, and I think that you should too. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, but honestly, if I wasn't hard on you, that's when you should be concerned. I'm <laughs> so only hard on people that I, that I really believe in. Because it takes energy to be engaged and to care. Another woman possibly striking out on her own is Maya, an Israeli woman who is bi-coastal between Miami and L.A. During the series, she starts having children and is figuring out if she wants to establish herself only in Miami, and if the brokerage would be interested in starting an office there, or if she needs to go out on her own because she wants to nurture her family in that way. And Chriselle is the final, maybe most interesting example of modern womanhood in the series, in part because of her very specific version of success. When she joins the show in the first season, she's packaged as the sweet, innocent girl married to Justin Hartley, a star of the TV series This Is Us, whose relationship seems as of yet untainted by fame. But after the quick nod in her intro to a soap opera past, paired with the frank honesty about her childhood poverty... I don't think people know that I came from, you know, the, the life that I came from, you know, with poverty and being homeless and, and kind of going through all this chaos growing up. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It sucked. I mean, it sucks being, you know, the kid living in poverty and the kid that, you know, a lot of times you're the smelly kid if you don't have running water and it, there's, no, there's nothing you can do about it. And it's just like a memory that still makes me sweat to this day. It's not fun. It pushed me to look a bit deeper. 
turns out, she was engaged to Matthew Morrison of Glee in the aughts. I did not know who I was at 25. And I didn't know what I wanted because actually if I ended up with the person I was with at 25, I would want to kill myself. <laughs> and yeah, you can Google that. You were a dick. <laughs> Sorry. She's been on a handful of soap operas. She was on a few TV shows with Justin Hartley. I assume that's where they met. So as I scratched below the surface, I started to understand her more. I saw her not as an unassuming girl from a Kentucky town who just got in over her head with a relationship that fell apart for reasons she didn't understand, but as a driven woman who has tried to build a career on screen and hasn't yet succeeded, so finds this way through Selling Sunset, through reality television. And I don't need to get into too much speculation, but this wouldn't be the first time that a woman goes on a reality series to establish herself as a personality separate from her husband before a looming divorce. It's actually quite a savvy move. So while it looks like a fluffy piece of nonsense, I believe these women's varied pursuits of wealth and celebrity illustrate the wide breadth of modern human desire and the sorts of choices needed for such ambitions. Selling Sunset is a rich text that explores the complexity of 21st century female identity in ways that I've obviously spent too much time thinking about, so you don't have to. But if you want to, I really recommend it. You just gotta watch it at 1.5 speed. Well, that's it for my first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions, feedback, or any art that you really hate, send it my way at roughshrade on Twitter or roughshrade at gmail.com. That's S-C-H-R-A-D-E. Until next time. 